Winds tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. A little warmer, too. Sunny skies through most of the weekend beach day. Our highs today into the mid-60s drop back to lows of low 40s to 50 overnight. Sunshine tomorrow, light breezes, afternoon high of lower 70s. Partly cloudy for the morning Sunday, mostly sunny for the afternoon. We'll start off 50s to 60 and go to an afternoon high into the middle 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Need business funding? Get up to $25,000. If you have an active business checking account, gross over $5,000 monthly. And if you own commercial real estate free and clear, borrow up to 70% LTV. With credit scores of 551 and up, monthly sales of 17K, three months business bank statements, loan amounts up to 500 k all at quickfundingleasing.com. Call today, tradition. My dog is howling in the background. Can you hear that, Patty? He's not barking. He's just howling. No, right? is that, he is I, I do hear something. Outside. Is that him? It's him, yeah. We're, we're, it's cold. It's really cold out here. Did you, do the, uh, did you see the eclipse last night? No, I did not. Did you know there was an eclipse? No. <laughs> I well, did not I know. Did you see it? I was listening to the news between you know, uh, top and bottom of the hour news. And that's how I knew about it. I didn't find out about it until yesterday. So at 2.30 in the morning, this morning, I came out on the deck and it was a gorgeous, clear sky. I saw a really big shooting star and the Big Dipper was there. Or what is it? The the Hunter. What is it? The, the three, the belt. You got me. I, I'm, I don't know. Right. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, um, the moon was really cool because it was in, I guess, the the western sky, and it was uh, when I started. It was two thirty, and the reflection of the rest of the moon was really clear, so it was really it was really nice outside. But the cat was incredibly annoying and was rubbing up against my legs the whole time. And after about half an hour of that. I decided I'd had enough, and I, I didn't see it go the other way. I did see the full <laughs> eclipse, but then I didn't watch it go back the other way. I didn't sleep, so so I went back up after that. But I did see it; it was really nice. If anyone else saw it, call and talk to us about it too. We'll accept that call to not be food. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I believe we have a guest at the two in in the first hour or two thirty. Yeah, around two thirty. Two thirty. Okay, so we're going to be talking to the chef, I guess, from the Elysian Bar, uh, which is, if you are not familiar with it, kind of a hip place that opened maybe three, four years ago in the Peter and Paul Hotel, which has gotten a lot of interest uh, and buzz nationally for its eclectic uh, renovation of a church in the Marini, which is 
in itself a really interesting place. So uh, we'll be talking to them. It's I, I don't know where they're going to do Thanksgiving. I'm curious about that because the Elysian Bar is not very big. Have you been there, Patty? No, I haven't. But I really want to see it because just from hearing them describe it, it sounds beautiful. And the it's, old church, yeah. I think, is an event space, right? No, it's it's a hotel. Oh, okay. And I don't know. I don't know if I, I would assume there's probably a space, a big event space in that hotel because it's a big schoolyard kind of. It's interesting. You should go see it. It's it's on the same it's in the same vein as the Saint Vincent Hotel, which is another really eclectic property. But um it's worth it to go to the Saint Vincent Hotel to get in the in the San Lorenzo restaurant the only Bistecca Fiorentina in town to my knowledge. It is seventy five dollars, so be prepared for sticker shock. But if you can't make it to Florence to have a Bistecca Fiorentina, $75 is a lot cheaper. And that's at the St. Vincent Hotel. But both of those properties are very, very unusual. They are the refurbishment of some unexpected building. And so uh, I am interested, but I'm most interested in talking to the guy from the Allegiant Bar because it's tiny. There's, a, there's an outdoor space that is part of the bar and it's, it's cute. And then there's an indoor space that's also cute, but both are tiny and collectively they're still not very big. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, where they would be doing Thanksgiving. Is it just pickup or they're eating? Can you eat there? No, it's a, they're open. It's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay. She, she said right. because well. they're a hotel restaurant, they have to be open every day of the year. Yeah, right. Like you, yeah. So uh, they have to be open for Thanksgiving. So they put together a special menu. When you say that, I almost start crying because <laughs> that, was, that was the problem with, with the ox lot, which is now gone. And speaking of which, I passed there uh, yesterday. We passed and uh, the doors were open for the new renovation. And I almost started crying when I saw it because oh. it's not ox lot. I don't know what it's going to be, but it should be interesting Um it should be interesting to see what it looks like. Uh, I know that it is a massively different renovation. I will say that to anyone who's wondering what's going on in the space. Uh, it's very different. You will see big, big, big changes there. Anyway, 5569696 is the number. We also have at 3 o'clock in our regular slot, the Jiffy Cornbread folks, which I'm super excited about, having grown up with Jiffy Cornbread. It's not called Jiffy Cornbread, though. It's called Jiffy Mix. Did you know that, Patty? I found that out when I started talking to them about coming yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Jiffy Mix, and that's what their website says, and that's what they call themselves. It's a very unassuming website, and I guess it's because it's so old and nothing changes in a family-run company, and it's... Uh, it's going to be really fun to talk to them because I don't eat a lot of cornbread, but I will say to the end, that's the best one out there, in my opinion. And I'm not talking about a mix. I'm talking about period. I mean, I have tried desperately to get a cornmeal from scratch cornbread 
that is better than Jiffy and fail 100% of the time. I don't know what magic is in that tiny little cheap box, but it's magic because it's good stuff. Good stuff. Today is National Whole Ham Day. Tom says he can't imagine Thanksgiving without a turkey, but he also can't imagine it without a ham. It's not just because he likes ham. It's because he loves the way the house smells when the ham is in the oven. Our son Jude graduated from boarding school. After Katrina, he wound up in D.C. at Georgetown Prep, and he would come in for holidays. And when he came in for Thanksgiving, it would always be usually the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, or sometimes it would even be the day of. And he would walk into the kitchen and he'd say, it smells like Thanksgiving in here. Because that's the smell that we associate with Thanksgiving. Anyway, we love the way early arrivals fight over the black ham. The crusty stuff he cuts off at the beginning of the carving created with the brown sugar and mustard black crunchy stuff. And he likes the contrast of color and flavor with the turkey, even though the two are sliced more or less the same. A whole baked ham is a joy far beyond the more familiar deli sliced ham. The texture and flavor change completely in the baking. Tom has found that the hard way, when one year he used a bigger ham than usual, didn't bake it long enough, nor did he leave it overnight to take the chill off. Oh, I have to remember to do that this year. Um, When he cut into it, the difference in color and texture between the center and the outer two-thirds was alarming and disconcerting. I don't remember this, but anyway, the most common baked hams these days are those spiral sliced jobs you find in specialty ham stores and supermarkets. He's had his share of them, and we haven't bought one for years. He liked the ones that he bakes himself better, as of course everyone does, not just because he has a good recipe, but because he's starting with a better ham than the ham shops do. Those hams are too sweet and sliced far too thickly for our taste. There's only one thing wrong with a baked ham, getting rid of it. You've heard the Dorothy Parker definition of eternity as two people and a ham. Patty, you've heard us refer to the Dorothy Parker witticisms here on the show, haven't you? Yes, I have. They're just divine. But anyway, that's another one of hers. We have a lot of people over the... What? I think that's funny. Two people and a ham. That is so yeah, right. <laughs> but everything she does is hysterically funny. Uh, that's a whole interesting, that Algonquin round table. Boy, I would love to have been a fly on the wall, but only a fly on the wall because I don't know that those were the kind of people I would want to hang out with, but I would love to have eavesdropped on their conversations. Uh, we have a lot of people over for Thanksgiving. Not anymore. <laughs> And everybody who wants it gets a big chunk of ham to take home. We do all sorts of things with what we have left over. Sandwiches and omelets, of course, but red beans and jambalaya, too. Patty, I've got it. I don't have to go to the honey-baked ham store to hunt down a bone. I'm going to make the split pea soup with leftover ham from the Thanksgiving ham. It'll have the same sweetness to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can not have to try and, you know, bullseye finding a bone when it's available. So I don't have a problem anymore. As soon as the ham is done, I will start the split pea soup and we'll use that. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I first 
got into using the honey baked ham bone for split pea soup was after Thanksgiving using the bone for it. So ah, I, think, I, think, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, Patty, you need to, if you're going to be on this food show, you're going to need to try Tom's uh, crusty ham. Have I you am, ever done I'm, it? No, I'm going to try it. We, Bob and I talked about it this weekend. We're going to try it this year. I'm going to yeah. do it. Even though we eat out for Thanksgiving, I still cook a turkey and a ham just for us to uh-huh. have. So that's what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, well, definitely. Do that. It's really great. I don't really know what I'm going to do for the glaze because I am practical, if nothing else, and a little nutty about throwing things away. So I just rummage through the, the refrigerator and find, you know, I think I used a fig glaze once. I think I used a, a peach marmalade in addition to the the root beer and the other stuff, Tom used to put something else in there. And so I would, I've been using those things. So it's never, you never really know what you're going to get, but it's always sweet. It's always crusty. It's always fantastically delicious. I highly recommend it. It's one of Tom's greatest ideas. He's had a lot of good recipes, but that one is the best and probably the most emulated. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you would like to talk to me about food, I am here, and so is my doggy. You can hear him in the background. Oh, I want to mention that I started the day off, the cold day off today, with the hot chocolate. My daughter-in-law heard me say on the show a couple of months ago about the Visions cookware that I was uh, that I was trying to replace my beloved wedding gift, small glass corning saucepan. And I got the order, and then when I picked it up, it was I could hear the shards of glass inside. So I've not replaced it. And she heard me whining about that, and so she ordered a replacement set. Wasn't that nice? And um, I got it. It arrived while I was in California, actually, and I opened it this morning and started off the hot chocolate season with the with the saucepan. And um, it was good. What can I say? I have the largest stash of all kinds of chocolate, but <laughs> hot chocolate for sure. And uh, it was a cold morning. It was great to crack into it. So we started the season. We'll be back after these messages. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. When you're awake... The things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Yes, indeed. Tom's Deaf Dining Room. 355. When buying a country ham, always buy the left leg. It's slightly smaller but more tender. I can't imagine going somewhere and saying, can I have a left leg ham? I I don't know where he gets this stuff. Let's go to Mike. Mike. Hello. Hello. 
ain't going to be the same without the ham bone. Just can't, just can't put cooked ham in it and expect it to taste right. Ain't going to happen. All right. All right. <laughs> Party pooper. I wonder, I wonder if I could get, and I'm sure I could, get a ham, a chassisi ham that's bone in. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, they're not as common as the VIP ham. You know, I uh-huh. used to sing the praises of the VIP ham, and I, I liked it because there was no waste involved, that it's all mm-hmm. edible. And mm-hmm. and that's all what I've always used that for the root beer glazed ham, okay? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's only in the last couple of years I found out that that's a composite ham. Of course you know, it is. I didn't know that. You didn't notice you know, that? I, was, I, I always wondered how they could get it perfectly round. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know it was a composite ham. My mm-hmm. uh, sister-in-law is a big fan of the Chassisi bone-in ham. And, it, you know, okay. it, she just she thinks it's a better ham, better product. And I've never tried doing the root beer glazed ham with that ham, but you know, mm-hmm. I guess you could do it. I don't see why not. But look, I got some tips for Patty. If, if Patty's going to do her first root beer glazed ham, I got some tips for her that are not included in the recipe. Okay, okay. You, you need you need to make about three times the amount of glaze that the recipe calls for. Really? Okay. Yeah, if it says like two 12-ounce cans, and you, obviously you want to use a sugared cola. You don't want to use right. anything that's diet or whatever, right? And and the reason you want to use it, make about three times as much glaze as the recipe calls for, because it's not very easy to scoop it up on the bottom of the pan and reuse it as far as basting is concerned. Oh. So what, what happens is it starts to get syrupy and hard, and it's just more trouble than it's worth. And it's easy enough just to make extra glaze and not have to worry about all that. Another thing is I always make the glaze the day before because it's quite a project to get the glaze reduced to begin with. And you don't want to do that the same day you're actually trying to to do the ham itself. And if you use a really large skillet as opposed to a small pot to do the glaze in, Mm -hmm. the the evaporation happens a lot quicker than it would otherwise. Oh, great idea. yeah, it really works well. And don't don't hesitate to get like a two liter and make you glaze with that as opposed to, you know, a can. It's, I, I actually mm-hmm. use two, two two liters. And oh, good grief, really? Yeah, I, I, I just, I like making extra. I really do, you know, and it's it just, to me, it's not that much more work just to, to use, to do a larger amount. Yeah. And it's, it saves me a lot of headaches the next day when I'm, I'm I have all the glaze I need to do the ham. Now, another thing is I heard Marianne saying about using this and using that. You want to pretty much follow the recipe that Tom's got because that <laughs> that that pepper that pepper jelly okay, really needs to be in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. And I heard you say the other day you're not much on cloves. I think they got cloves in the recipe too, but you could probably leave the cloves out yeah. if you want. Yeah, I'll leave well, them. I, I think the cloves are a key part of the recipe, and you don't taste them. You don't taste them. I think Mike's right. You should follow the recipe. Well, I'll and give look, you a recipe. You have, you have, Patty, you have to use a throwaway aluminum pan, all right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it will not, you will not be able to clean the bottom of a reusable pan. It just it's a, it gets encrusted where you'd have to use a blowtorch to clean it. You know? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Thanks. But uh, it's, Thanks it's, a great, it's a great recipe. You'll enjoy it. it. It makes the whole house smell good. It really does, you know. 
Well, I will uh, let you all know the Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that's all I got. Bye. I'm going to contradict everything Mike just said. Bye, Mike. (laughs) Uh, I've never had trouble with the pan, but I put it in water and it sort of flakes off like a, um, you know, like, what did you say you had trouble with the... um, Candy, it's it's yeah, got that yeah, it's, you know, it's got that candy mm-hmm. back to it. Um, I don't know why he needs so much glaze because I just take it from the pan and scoop it back. And I think there's probably some cooked aspect to it that I think is pleasing in the overall product. But um, you can you can go ahead and follow Mike's instructions. I'm just saying I'm I've not we've done it according to the instructions completely. Well, I haven't. I mean, I've done I've added the extra stuff, but the things that that uh, bother him I, don't bother me. And I don't know I don't know what he does with all the rest of that glaze. I, I guess I could have asked him that. If he uses all of that, that's a lot of glaze. I mean, the the, the glaze is not it's not a lot. It does not make a lot. And honestly, it's foolproof. The recipe is foolproof because <laughs> as Mary Lee would be happy to say, I'm a fool. And <laughs> I always uh, just, you know, slap it on and then I go ahead and, and do it just as, you know, sloppy as can be. And it's simply foolproof. It's a terrific recipe and you will love what comes out. But now I do have to take under advisement what he said about the bone, because I'm sure that does make a difference. I wonder if, um, I wonder if it would be hard to get one. I'm going to ask, because I think that would make a really good presentation, a bone in hand. There's something about those asobuco bones that just, you know, when they go through the dining room, you just turn, your head turns to look at them, because it really is a nice presentation. We've never done that. But uh, but I think I will. I will do it just to make the soup because I'm hell-bent on making the soup. Tom says also that this is Make Holiday Reservation today. It's a smart observance with Thanksgiving dining on more people's minds. Only planners of private Christmas parties have bothered to make reservations for the month of December. But after Thanksgiving dinner... People talk about how nice it would be to get together in a restaurant around Christmas. The weekend tables and the best restaurants fill shortly thereafter. They're already largely booked. Then the weekdays start filling in. Wait until a few days before and you may be out of luck for restaurants you'd really love to dine in. There's no reason in the world to wait any longer. Do it today. By the way, we're not only talking about Christmas but New Year's Eve, the busiest restaurant night of the year already completely booked in some restaurants. Having a table of six reserved on a good night in a great place gives you a valuable resource for celebration. When you make your reservations, keep in mind the Revion dinners. I don't know how many there'll be this year. They offer delightful, affordable holiday-themed dinners. The menus are often already posted at this time. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. When we come back after the news, we are going to have on the line. What is his name, Patty? From Jonathan. Chef, Chef Jonathan. Jonathan from the Elysian Bar, the Elysian at Bar. The Peter and Paul restaurant. I mean Peter and Paul Hotel. 
I'm going to ask him how long it's been open. If he tells me something like over five years, I'm going to be shocked, although not really because time does fly. But it has been several years when they made a splash for their design and just the idea of putting a hotel in an old Catholic church, convent. I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, it was something Catholic for sure. Yeah, I think it was the church and a school. I think a church and a school, or, I know, or okay. a church and a rectory, but it was definitely a church and something else. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have some words to eat by today from Roy Blunt Jr. It's about ham. Ham's substantial. Ham is fat. Ham is firm and sound. Ham's what God was getting at when He made pigs so round. A pig is really sadly too tasty for its own good. <laughs> Another Deaf Dining Rule 105, your regular customer in at least one important restaurant. It comes in handy at busy times of the year. And the old kitchen sage says the best stuffing for a small bird is a dense force meat. There's something really unappealing about that word, force meat. Although I do really like all versions of that. I don't like to think of it as force meat. Of pork, veal, or chicken with a little chicken liver in there, too. All right, so we have, after the news, we have Chef Jonathan from Peter and Paul Hotel, the Elysian Bar, where I have a bunch of questions about the space because I've been there once and don't have a good fix on where they're going to be doing Thanksgiving. And after the top of the hour news at three o'clock, we have our regular guest, and that regular guest is from Jiffy Cornbread or Jiffy Mix. Jiffy Mix, I have to make sure and say it right. Uh, my favorite cornbread for years. And I hope to get some maybe ideas for things to do with their mix other than just straight cornbread. It's 2.30. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. The Louisiana Supreme Court will be the next stop for two combined cases challenging Oshner Health's mandate that all workers be vaccinated against COVID-19. The case is set to be heard December 7th by the justices. Loyola University law professor Dane Cialino believes the state's highest court will rule in favor of Ochsner. Private employers generally can require their employees to take a vaccine as a condition of employment. They're not forced to take the vaccine. If they don't want to take the vaccine, they can simply quit their job. But Ochsner health employees simply seem not willing to buy into that type of legal stance and have opted to have the matter settled in court. I'm Jeff Palermo. 32-year-old Ben Burford, a former New Orleans police officer who was fired over a rape accusation, pleads guilty to a lesser offense. He was initially charged with third-degree rape, but now it's been amended to indecent behavior with a juvenile older than 13, which calls for a maximum of seven years. LRN. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
and use code LA Sports when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LA Sports to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. 7867-21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. After 84 weeks of free live stream music shows, FunkyUncle.Live have moved our shows to The Howling Wolf so we can bring the funk to you every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We're selling tickets at the door and on our website for only 10 bucks. And tickets are half off at the door with a valid student ID. Don't worry, if you aren't able to join us at The Howling Wolf, FunkyUncle.Live will still be live streaming the show every Wednesday for free. Coming to the FunkyUncle.Live stage on November 24th, it's Walter Wolfman Washington. And on December 1st, Mike Dusan. Don't forget that 100% of the proceeds generated from ticket sales goes to the Funk Fund that has raised over $550,000 and helped over 700 musicians and gig workers. So join us for a great cause at The Howling Wolf or at FunkyUncle.Live. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Yes, it probably you know, it's probably cold, but then it's it's cold here too. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. You're listening to the Food Show, where we've been talking that very subject, food, for 33 years. Do we have Jonathan, Chef Jonathan, on hold? We Hi. do. We do. We do. We have Chef Jonathan Klasala. Is that correct, or Klaskala? How do you say it? No, you nailed it. It's Klaskala. Klaskala. Okay. From the Peter and Paul Hotel's Elysian Bar. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. It's a a pleasure to be here. I have a bunch of sort of generic questions for you before we get to your Thanksgiving menu. First of all, how old is the hotel? So the building itself, um, the school was actually built in 1861. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the hotel came into existence about three years ago. Three years. Okay. I was thinking three or four years. And if you told me something yeah. like eight, I would cry because I know time flies, but it doesn't seem like it's been that long. There's been a lot of buzz about the hotel. And so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of a buzz junkie. So I had a pretty good fix. It was about three or four years ago. I've been there and I am mystified as to where you would be having Thanksgiving, because my recollection is that the Elysian Bar is a very cute space, but a tiny one. Is there more to it than the little outdoor space and then the indoor space that leads to the outdoor space? Where is the rest of it if, if you're going to be doing so, Thanksgiving? Well, during, during COVID, um, the hotel was generous enough to allow us to use the church as our dining room. Um, uh, however, Ever since, uh, well, post-Hurricane Ida, we've actually moved into our parlors, which seat anywhere between about 40 and 50 people, not including the bar. Um, Uh And then we also have the courtyard available as well, which is Uh just under 40 seats. I didn't realize it was that big. It's a charming space. The courtyard is is really charming. So when you say the parlor, you go into the hotel, and then there are little sort of... Yeah, so we're actually 
Are those the parlors? So, parlors? Yeah. So the property okay. is based. The main hotel is what the former schoolhouse was, and mm-hmm. the restaurant is in the rectory um, where the priest used to live. So mm. we have two different parlors. We have an atrium, and then we also have a room for the bar as well. Okay. You know, I should have taken more of a, a tour of the space, uh, and I really would like to have done that, but we were, I was with Tom, and he's not all that interested in stuff like that, so we pretty much had a drink and a couple of bar bites, and, and that was it. So tell us about the menu. You're doing Thanksgiving. Yeah, What's so on? we're going to be, so featuring on our Thanksgiving menu, uh, we're going to be offering um, the rest of our menu a la carte as well, but we're going to mm-hmm. have a couple specials. Um we're going to feature a dish of charred cabbage um, roasted over coals, and we're also going to feature that with a almost like a salsa matcha, but very southern and New Orleans influence, a lot of pecans and chilies. And then we're going to mm-hmm. contrast that with some fresh tomatillo and some delicate herbs like sorrel, dill, and mint and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's... And then, uh, so, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're going to... These are sides, I guess. So are you doing yeah. like a standard turkey? No, we're actually, so we're going to do, um, we're going to feature poultry more so than just turkey. Um, we're going to have a dish of dirty rice stuffed quail, um, mm-hmm. lovely quail based out of Alabama. And it's going to accompany with a, a really nice um, sauce, perigordine, which is like a truffle kind of base sauce and some wilted Swiss chard. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to feature a dish of duck breast with um, sauce mole and some turnips cooked in uh, duck fat. Mm. Well, you know what? If you can ever make turnips really appealing, you'd have to cook them in duck fat, I would say. I mean, I like turnips well enough. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. (laughs) But duck fat really will help, I would say. Uh, so, So it's, it's basically the poultry, the two poultry dishes. Is that is that right. it? Right. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And and the sides that you mentioned is it, so that's the menu. What you just said, the three dishes. Yeah, we're we're gonna feature them as specials. Um, the the logic behind that is there's so many restaurants in New Orleans that just do such a great job of featuring mm-hmm. like traditional Thanksgiving items. Right. Um, we're, we're in the Marigny. Um, our building is a little unique, so we yeah. thought it'd be a little bit more appropriate to kind of go right. a little bit more original, um, uh-huh. creative, and just kind of like still maintaining the tradition of Thanksgiving with like the poultry. Um, and the rest of our menu is also very, uh, acceptable as well. Well, I would expect nothing less than for you all to do a different twist on the traditional Thanksgiving, but that's, that's still... If you're having quail with a dirty rice stuffing, I mean, that's still very kind of traditional Louisiana. What sort of things do you serve there regularly? At uh, Is the name of the restaurant Elysian as well, or is there a different name to it? Um, well, the name of the restaurant is the Elysian Bar. Um, okay. And I like to tell people that we we specialize in thoughtful dining. Um, we're, we're a very nice mix between not like the highest of fine dining, but we're not definitely, um, a little dressier than casual as well. Um, and we really want our food to be kind of 
influence throughout Southern cultures, but at the same time being a slightly creative and like holding on to like what makes America America as well. Like we feature all the wines that we feature are all American. Um, there's no foreign wines on our wine list. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we, we use, we like to use as many products um, from Louisiana as possible. Mm-hmm. So and we, where, but are you from here? No, unfortunately, I'm not. Um, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. My wife oh. is from here, however, born and raised. Yeah. Well, we um, know that story. We know the. We know what that means. You're here. Yeah, and interestingly enough, her and I met in uh, culinary school in New York. So. Ah. Okay. Yeah, she's <laughs> she, uh, she's currently she a teacher in- at uh, Noki. Does she? Oh, she is. Okay, she's a teacher at Noki. Yeah. Okay. I always want to say gnocchi, but no, it's gnocchi. Okay. Um, so uh, you have been here for how long then? Uh, her and I, we, we lived in Chicago for a while, and then we moved back to New Orleans around 2015. Oh, okay. So are you the original chef at Elysian? No, actually, that was Chef Alex Harrell, who's currently uh, at the Virgin Hotel. I actually uh-huh. just recently joined the team um, around June. Okay. And yeah. so have you, have you done a lot of menu changes? I wasn't familiar with the menu. I honestly did not think that there was a restaurant at Peter and Paul. I thought that the Elysian bar was pretty much doing just bar bites and that if you were staying at the hotel, it had breakfast, but I didn't, I didn't know that it was, you know, a restaurant that you had a restaurant. No, there. We're we're a full blown restaurant seven days a week lunch and dinner. We also have a really lovely cafe um, located inside the rectory as well, where we serve coffee, tea, pastries, um, wines like canned wines that are just really quick grab and go. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Um, I'm gonna have to come out and there yeah. and have another look at the place because it was brief. It was too brief, and I. I didn't even explore the hotel because that's definitely my thing. Just the idea of putting a hotel in a, in a former school and rectory and church uh, is definitely eclectic. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't go very far and it's too bad. I, no. I don't want you to go back Please there. Please do. Come on in. We would love yeah, to I'll, let you, I'll let you know when I come, I want to see what you're doing over there. Cause I think, I think it's probably very cool. So what sort of things do you have on the menu in general, like regular a la carte service? Um, So during the evening, we feature, we don't have the largest menu. Um, We are in a very small space. But what we we lack in a great selection, I like to think we make up for, and just having really thoughtful um, dishes on the menu, we... One thing that we really love is the shrimp cooked in Calabrian chili butter. Um, it, mm. We bring that with some really nice, gently grilled Belgar bread, uh, the sourdough country wow. loaf. Um, That's the best. That's the best. Yes. And we also, um, and then as far, we do a really lovely chicken liver toast. Um, it's very delicate. I like to tell people that it's a very, it's the most approachable chicken liver, I think, I'd like to think that we serve. Um, it's very yeah. delicate. It's not very irony. We put it right on the bread. So it's a, it's a really fun way to eat. Um, and we also like to 
feature some fresh Gulf seafood. Um, currently, right now, we're doing a snapper tartare. Um, we're getting away from the summer flavors a little bit. Uh, I know that it's November, but the temperature, it's been so nice outside that mm-hmm. it almost seems like a crime to, like, preemptively <laughs> go into all the hearty dishes. You know, I personally uh-huh. love eating and cooking those, but when it's, like, 70, 75, 80 degrees outside, it's almost like, yeah, it's November, but I'm not wearing a jacket yet. Well, you're not um, going to wear a jacket for a long time. You're from Buffalo. <laughs> this is still summer to you. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm quite acclimated, though. Yeah, my, I'm, I'm, my blood is thinned out significantly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, and then we, it, it, it takes a while for you guys to get um, to get cold. I think, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. And then we also we I we do a really lovely one dish that we're exceptionally proud of um, is our chicken roasted under a brick. Um, the backstory behind that is growing up, my mother. God bless her heart. Amazing woman. Um, wasn't the greatest cook. Um, so I like to, I like to joke around and tell people that I ate chicken six nights a week and pizza on the seventh. Um, so when I finally became a chef and like always thinking of dishes, even when you're a young cook, um, one dish that I really wanted to refine was the chicken because so often at a restaurant it always seems to be the forgotten protein or the forgotten entree um and we we source our chicken out of a farm in louisiana and roast it under a brick it's totally deboned we cook it from raw and it comes with some gently wilted brussels sprouts pickled fennel and a lot of soft herbs um and, and it's just a very like different approach to chicken while still being like very familiar at the same time. Chicken is, is overlooked in nice restaurants. I think generally. I couldn't agree more. There's some spectacular chicken dishes out there. I mean, chicken's great, you know? Exactly. And, and it's, it's so familiar. And at the same time, um, the way in which we cook it under the brick, it's really quite lovely because it forces the, white meat to cook at exactly the same rate as the dark meat all the mm-hmm. while while the skin is getting nice and crispy so mm-hmm. it's we cook it from raw in about under 15 minutes and mm-hmm. the end result is really quite lovely so the bricks are are heated for a long time and then you put the brick on top and it cooks from both sides is that what you're doing yeah the the, the brick it isn't necessarily very hot it is warm to the touch um, uh-huh. And the the means behind it is more to kind of weigh the chicken down and prevent it from seizing up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and then we just finish it in a pan in the oven and uh-huh. bring it with uh, the Brussels sprouts and all the herbs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, those are fallish vegetables, fennel and yeah. Brussels sprouts. So you know you got your fall covered there. So um, you have dinner service. Are you do you have the seven day Three to seven days, three meals a day thing for the hotel. You do that the whole yes, time. We you sure do. do. Um, okay. For for right now, the only offerings like early in the morning are from the cafe, mm-hmm. um, and we team up with Passion Flower Bakery, and they supply us with really lovely pastries. Um, but outside of that, um, lunch we're open seven days a week. Well, we do lunch Monday through Friday from eleven to three brunch on weekends 
And then we're open for dinner seven days a week from 5 to 10 p.m. Okay. If you could hold on for a minute, I'm going to start getting yelled at about not taking a break. I want to come back and just uh, you run through some of the some of the favorite dishes that you have there that are the most popular. Okay. Would love to. We'll be back. We'll be back with Chef Jonathan Flux. Wait. Cl- Go ahead and do no, it. No, you one. got it. Class Gala. <laughs> Class Gala. All right. We'll be back. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood, celebrating 25 years. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage, and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Uh, Jonathan, if you have only arrived in town a few years ago, then you don't know my husband so well. He's been doing this show for 33 years, but he is also... One of his favorite things in the world is singing, so we keep him as part of his show by having him sing a few bars uh, out of commercials. And uh, he has his his dulcet tones that we keep. Uh, we like those little bumpers. If you're wondering what that was, <laughs> oh, I thought it was odd. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it is lovely. We all we all really like it. All right, so. <laughs> Klaskala is Slavic or Polish or what yes, is the origin? No, it's, it's, it's Polish in origin, yeah. Polish, okay. So did that, was, was there any sort of Polish kind of cooking in your home growing up? I mean, did your mother give a whack at that ever? <laughs> is that um, for cooking? There wasn't my, a, my mother, not so much. No, uh-huh. my mother not so much, but my grandmother, um, I do remember her making a couple of duck dishes when I was younger. Um, uh-huh. She did pass away I, before I was a teenager, um, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't remember a lot, but I, I do remember Easter was always a big, big holiday in the Polish community, and mm-hmm. my mother and about 25 other Polish women would, I, I used to call it the... Um, the pierogi factory and they would churn out about, and I'm not exaggerating this number whatsoever, like thousands of pierogies in a weekend. And it, and it was almost like, imagine like Willy Wonka, but Polish pierogies and at a church in a basement. Yeah. So we always had a freezer full of pierogies growing up. That'd be kind of great. Now, have you, have you tried to do any kind of twist on pierogies? Uh, no, I have not, but I do, I am very partial to pastas and gnocchis, um, and, and dishes like that. Because mm-hmm. I would think that, I mean, pierogies are really kind of hot right now. Right. You know? And, and I mean, I remember the first time I heard about them. Actually, that's not right. That's, that's Viali. So never mind. Forget it. I, they're, they're kind of all the same sort of thing, you know, 
meat in a dough. Uh, right. But I was wondering if you, um, you know, I figured I would ask you that question because I, I figured at some point there would probably be some sort of Polish cooking in there, and if you had incorporated any of your heritage into anything that you did, even putting a, you know, a youngish, sophisticated but hip spin on it. No, um, actually, it's kind of ironic that I became a chef. Um, growing up, I grew up in a very blue-collar house, but and, and I'm almost very jealous of the chefs that have these like wonderful memories of making biscuits with their grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't fortunate to have that. My, the one memory as a child that always I come back to is my my um my mother's mother was sicilian and mm. she always had a garden in her backyard and it was like i i remember liking tomatoes but i remember absolutely loving her tomatoes and i would go back there and and i would pick off the tomatoes right off the vine um mm-hmm. and she had tomatoes cucumbers and basil always and i just like the smell of it and, and, and wondering why like the tomatoes that my mom would buy at the grocery store tasted nothing like grandma's tomatoes. Aren't you still wondering that? I still wonder that. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible to find a really good tomato. If I'm at a restaurant and the tomato is red and actually tastes like tomato, I'm stopped in my tracks. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's probably my my favorite ingredient by far uh, is a fresh tomato. Yeah, a fresh, good tomato. This is not an easy thing to achieve. Where do you get your tomatoes now? Um, well, right now we aren't featuring any tomatoes. And it was actually, for me, obviously Hurricane Ida was miserable for everyone. Um, I think the hardest pill to swallow outside of losing my roof was all the tomatoes were killed and destroyed. So oh. when we came back, when we came back from, you know, everything settling back to normal again, um, and we were starting to like figure out what we could put on the menu, what we couldn't, that was some devastating news to hear that the tomatoes were no yeah. longer in season. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really tough. I don't understand, but tomatoes don't taste good ever unless you grow them. You know, my sister had this incredible tomato going. My sister has this really black, not black, green thumb. I have the black thumb. She has the green thumb. And anything she touches is, is gold. So, she would take all of the tomato detritus from whatever they ate and just hurl it into the back of the yard. And there was this tomato jungle back there, and it had every imaginable kind of tomato about six feet high just flourishing with tomatoes. It sounds like heaven, to be honest. I know. I know. It really was. And she's now doing that with parsley and fennel. So I know when you can get a stash of fennel if you need some. But anyway, um, yeah. So, you know, you're not the only one who's doing anything with food whose um, family of origin did not point to that path. I was raised on Vienna sausages and potatoes out of a box. So um, when I married my husband 30-some-odd years ago, it was quite enlightening. Now I've been hanging around with him for a long time, but, but yes, um, there are, you know, 
and people <laughs> doing weird things uh, with the origins that um, that they came from. So you've got company here. Anyway, real quick, I wanted to ask you, what are some of your popular things on the menu? Um, menu right now, honestly, the, the top three right now seems to be the crab and ricotta gnocchi that we cook with um, some Calabrian chili peppers and finish with a Batarga breadcrumb. That sounds um, great. It is quite lovely. And, and and we have, and the chicken liver toast is a great item um, for people to share. It's really fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we bring right. that with a red onion jam and some Granny Smith apples and a little frisee salad. Mm. That sounds great, um, actually. And and our larger dishes, um, the big the big hit is the grilled pompano with uh, cilantro and herb broth with some turnips, some lima beans, a lot of root vegetables, and we're finishing off the okra of the season, and we and we bring that um, just charred up nicely on the grill. That sounds great. Those are those are nice twists on local. Well, the chicken liver is not really local, but. The, the pompano certainly is, but that's that sounds delicious. Now, what what's your brunch menu like? So our brunch menu, um, it, it mirrors a lot of what we offer at lunch. Um, right now, we actually, we're making these really lovely buttermilk biscuits that are like skyscrapers almost. Mm. Um, we have a really nice cinnamon roll that we break. We, we bake throughout the services. So we'll do like... 10 and then a half hour later cook 10 more so every time like you get the elysian cinnamon roll with caramel and goat milk icing it's like been out of the oven for no more than 10 15 minutes oh, that sounds divine oh wow yes and then we, we we also have a really lovely squash and zucchini quiche mm, and, okay. and then we, we we have a lot of the fan favorites as well like we have a two different types of french rolled omelets um smoked salmon in one of them and we do a nice mushroom conserva with goat cheese for the other Um, and then almost like an homage to us being in a church or formerly in a church we do uh, baked eggs in purgatory which is kind of like a tomato based sauce a little spicy and that comes with a nice uh, salsa verde and ricotta oh wow so I definitely uh, you enticed me to come on over there and and eat because uh, it sounds delicious, very very impressive. All right, well, where is it for anybody who's wondering where this is? So we're we're down in the Marigny, right off of Elysian Fields, just past uh, Saint Claude, um, and we're on Burgundy Street. Okay, you can't miss it, people. It's uh, it's obvious that it's a church and it doesn't look like a church it looks like a hip hotel so if you see it you'll say oh there's that hotel anyway jonathan i appreciate you coming on have a wonderful thanksgiving i hope it's a tremendous success at the restaurant and um my fondest wish is for you to find a stash of tomatoes that everyone will love (laughs) i appreciate that it was a pleasure to be on here and i look forward to cooking for you and your husband sometime yeah i'm gonna we're gonna come in we're definitely gonna come in i mean if i can that was jonathan koskawa right after i learned how to say his name at peter and paul hotel in the bar 
there is some great cooking going on there, and I did not know it. So I have to go back out there and investigate that. Patty, you too. Although I know you're not going to have the chicken liver, I just want you to know yeah. I actually would eat that dish. I actually would eat but that dish. But the chicken dish. under the brick sounds really good. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, the papado sounds really good, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what he said sounded really good. It's definitely a hip version of local stuff, but that's what you would expect at a place like that. I think we have to have and, a meeting about the show there. About the what? About the show. We should have a meeting okay. there about our show, about your show. <laughs> okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. Good excuse to do it. All right, mm-hmm. we'll be back after the top of the hour news right now with the Jiffy Mix lady, Janet Sprouse, at WGSO New Orleans. It's 3 o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. A Wisconsin jury has found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty of all charges in his double homicide trial. Rittenhouse remained still and emotionless as the verdict was read, but then broke down and sobbed soon after. Mark Richards, one of the defense attorneys for Kyle Rittenhouse, explains why Kyle was put on the stand. We had a mock jury, um, and... We did two different juries, one with him testifying, one without him testifying. It was substantially better when he testified, I mean, to a marked degree, and that sealed it. President Biden is back at the White House after getting a physical and colonoscopy. Leaving Walter Reed Medical Facility in Bethesda, Maryland, Biden said he had a great physical. The president set to pardon the Thanksgiving turkeys at the White House later today. USA Radio News. This is an important message. Do you have an IRA, 401k, or retirement account worth more than $100,000? Your portfolio may qualify for an IRS tax loophole that allows you to own physical, precious metals inside of your retirement account. Want our free report that shows you how? We are WealthProtectionResearch.com, and we help investors connect with the top precious metal companies in America to own physical gold and silver inside their retirement account using this little-known but very powerful IRS loophole. To claim your free IRS loophole report today, just text the word gold to 48542. WealthProtectionResearch.com wants to get this information in your hands now so that you can protect your hard-earned investments. Text G-O-L-D to 48542 to learn more. When you text the word GOLD to 48542, we'll send you a secure link to download our IRS loophole report to show you how to start protecting your wealth with precious metals. Don't wait. Text the word GOLD to 48542 now. Wealth Protection Research. Text GOLD to 48542. Democratic lawmakers are taking a victory lap after House passage of a big social spending bill. Talking with reporters, Speaker Nancy Pelosi calling the bill monumental and saying it's about the nation's values. This as Louisiana Republican Senator John Kennedy says the bill is way too expensive. When you get rid of the gimmicks, it's like five trillion, four point six trillion dollars. I went break, I went broke reading it. We don't even have 5% of that. Two and a half trillion new taxes, two and a half trillion new debt. Some Hulu customers will see a price hike soon. The streaming service is increasing the cost of its live TV subscriptions by $5 a month, while adding both ESPN Plus and Disney Plus. Next month, subscriptions with live TV will cost $69.99 per month for the ad-supported version and $75.99 without ads. USA Radio News. Lights out, everybody. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. Pleasant dreams. 
The greatest radio shows of all time, USA Classic Radio Theater. On these radio stations or on demand by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. The FDA gave emergency use authorization for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine to be used for children aged 5 to 11 years old at a lower dosage last month. Chairman of the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, Dr. Matt Daly, claims kids do want to get vaccinated. Many kids are very excited to get vaccinated. Um, not about the poke, but about the promise. Um, you know, they know their parents. So nice weekend coming at you. Breezes diminishing later today. Then lighter winds tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. A little warmer, too. Sunny skies through most of the weekend beach day. Our highs today into the mid-60s drop back to lows of low 40s to 50 overnight. Sunshine tomorrow, light breezes, afternoon high of lower 70s. Partly cloudy for the morning Sunday, mostly sunny for the afternoon. We'll start off 50s to 60 and go to an afternoon high into the middle 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Need business funding? Get up to $25,000. If you have an active business checking account, gross over $5,000 monthly. And if you own commercial real estate free and clear, borrow up to 70% LTV. With credit scores of 551 and up, monthly sales of 17K, three months business bank statements, loan amounts up to 500K. All at quickfundingleasing.com. Call today, of the food show. I'm Marianne Fitzforce. Wanting to talk food with you, but first I'm going to talk food with Janet Sprouse, who is the Director of Research and Development at Jiffy Mix, which I've spent my life calling Jiffy Cornbread, but that's not right, is it? <laughs> well, we'll go by either name. I love Jiffy Cornbread. It's the only cornbread we ever used in our house. And it's magic in a box. I don't <laughs> think I've ever... My husband is a gourmet, and I don't know, I was just talking to a chef in New Orleans, and he was talking about his humble beginnings, which were not um, food-centric. And I said, look, I was raised on Vienna sausages and potatoes in a box. And most things that we used were uh, mixes, and I married my husband, who did everything fresh, and I'm really glad that he switched, you know, switched me over to that program. And so for the longest time, I tried to make cornbread with cornmeal the, the, the fresh way. And no matter how many I ever did, none of them came any close, it came even close to the flavor in Jiffy Mix. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the line with me. I am forever <laughs> in search of a fresh, from scratch cornbread, but Jiffy is king. 
And so congratulations to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. We hear that again and again. And um, it's really, you know, a little blue box is what we call it. And it's really very special. And it's it's really quite an honor to uh, be held so highly by so many people that we respect in the food business. It's, It's really great stuff. So it's an old company. Tell us about the company. Let's go from the very beginning, its origins. Okay, well, um, we are located in Chelsea, Michigan, and that's where it started, and we're still there today. Um, The family um, started a flour mill, or became partners in a flour mill in 1887. And then in 1901, it became the Chelsea Milling Company, which is when the family um, owned it outright. So we're in our fifth generation of having the Holmes family running the business, which is really, you know, unheard of in today's yeah. today's world. Um, so it, it's really an honor to be um, involved in the company, and it really is a family business, and everybody feels like part of the family. We so have uh, over 300 employees, and we are in our baking season right now, as we call it. We are working 24-7. Oh, you mean with the holidays? Yes, right now is uh, the, our busy season, of course, getting ready for the holidays. So it starts in October and goes through about January of when we really pump out, you know, the most that we can, which is um, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, so going back to the origins of the company, it sounds like from what I read online, it was sort of a husband and wife once they took control of the mill? Right, right. Uh-huh. So um, <clears throat> um, how these, uh, well, it goes back, uh, it's, it gets kind of confusing because they all have the same names, right? So <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Howard and Howdy. Oh. And, um, uh-huh. So, yes, there was um, the, the uh, Howdy's grandmother, Mabel, she had to take over the business when her husband was killed in an accident at the mill. And so oh her and her sons took over the business. Mm. And um, she she was the one that um, had the vision of creating a mix. So before that time, um, it was strictly a flour mill. Um, and so she was inspired by um, one of her son's playmates that came over and brought his lunch, and he had some biscuits that didn't look very good. And so she wanted to make it easy for anybody to make a good biscuit. And so she developed a a dry mix that you could just add milk to to make a perfect biscuit. And she thought about, you know, making it in a hurry. And so that's how she came up with it It would be ready in a jiffy. And so that's how the name of Jiffy got Ah. started. Okay, okay, so I'm not familiar with the product line because we only had the cornbread. So what else is, is in the line? Well, um, in the 1936, 85 years ago, was the first product that we introduced, which was the all-purpose baking mix. And then in uh, 1950, we introduced the corn muffin mix, which was 70 years ago. Um, so the corn muffin mix is by far and large uh, our biggest seller. But we also mm. have, um, even in the corn line, we have a vegetarian version. We also have a honey corn version, which we launched last year. Mm. Uh, we also have um, fruit-flavored muffins, pie crust, uh, brownie mix, um, pizza crust. We have a great pancake mix, which is adult water only. Um, 
and we also have a food service line um, that we sell to schools and institutions. And so that keeps us busy in the non-busy season for uh, our retail mix. I had no idea the line was that big. I've never, I've, like I said, I don't usually use mixes. I don't eat a lot of cornbread. I love cornbread, but it's not, we don't do a lot of cooking at this house. You know, my husband was a restaurant critic and, um, and we really have eaten most of our meals out. So, you know, my refrigerator is mostly condiments and just not a lot of regular food. But, um, right. but I do I do have these fond memories of, of Jiffy Mix, and I have never looked on the shelf at other products. So I guess are they all together on the shelf, or are they separated with whatever the mix is? I mean, right. all, it depends on the retailer. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the pizza crust would normally be in the pizza section, Okay. And the pancake mix would be in the pancake okay. section. So you've probably, okay, well, you know, never seen them all together. Yeah, I'm going to have to kind of look look for that and try them because, like I said, I, I just love the cornbread mix. So I'm sure that the others are, are really good as well. I've, I've not done the pancake. So the all-purpose baking mix, when you say all-purpose, does that mean that you just add you know, eggs or there are different recipes on there for whatever it is that you're baking and you add yes. eggs so you and can milk make to it. pancakes or biscuits okay. out of it or waffles or um, we have tons of recipes on our website and we have a book, a cookbook that we publish that uh, all the different ways that you can, different recipes that you can make, you know, using our mixes as a base. Uh-huh. Okay. So what are some of your most popular recipes that you see people look at on the website, I'm sure that you know which ones are getting the most traffic. So what what are people looking for on the website in terms of recipes? Well, uh, far and above is our spoon bread casserole, which some people call it different names, corn bowl or corn casserole or scalloped corn or corn pudding, but it's all kind of the same. Uh, We have lots Uh of arguments over what really spoon bread is or (laughs) what corn bowl is. Um, but that is by far the the most looked up recipe on our website and inquired about. So it's you know basically um, corn kernels and whole whole corn and creamed corn, sour cream, eggs, um, and butter, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's and of course the Jiffy Mix. Um, and then everybody has their own spin on it. You know, some people it's very easy to customize to put your own ingredients in that you like. So um, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I think it becomes so popular because it's a really great base for a mix and then people can make it their own. And, you yeah. know, we have so many people that have emotional ties to it that, you know, it was one of the first things that they learned how to cook or it was, you know, we, we recently um, talked to a woman who she thought, you know, her grandmother made this dish every Thanksgiving and so she finally asked her grandmother for the recipe and she thought it was something really special that her grandmother made and come to find out you know it was made out of this mix and uh-huh. uh, but a lot of people share that same emotional uh, connection yeah. with it was you know at their Thanksgiving meal or it was one of the first things that they learned how to cook uh, with their uh-huh. parents or well, we used to do a Thanksgiving of about 50 people and over the years you know people have paired off, done their own thing, and now we have, I call it the sad little Thanksgiving that we're doing, which is just about six people, and um, 
the sad part about it is that I keep cooking for the 50 people because what I love to do was cook all these different dishes. And so we decided, okay, this year we're definitely not going to be cooking a lot of dishes, but you've just added corn pudding to the menu. And I don't think my daughter will object, but um, I definitely want to try that corn pudding because we love corn pudding in restaurants and I've never tried to make one. And if Jiffy's going to make it easy for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with that. Can you hold on for <laughs> us? We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Janet Sprouse, the Director of Research and Development from the Jiffy Mix. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manelli. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manelli, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Janet, that's my husband who has done this show for about 32 years, and uh, he likes to sing, so we have him sing us back from all the commercials. It's a, it's an odd little bumper, <laughs> but we really like it. Anyway, I was all in uh, for the $5 martinis. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> he, he was talking about the $5 martinis. Yes, yes. Um, I bet you were talking about the Manhattan because when he orders um, he orders a Manhattan, he does it so he can sing the song. But anyway, oh, I see. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, you were talking about the logistics of seasonal production, and I was fascinated by that because I wouldn't imagine that a company like Jiffy would have a season because. It's a mix, after all. So so you said you're working 24 hours in the production line, and that starts in October? Yeah. We, well, we run 24 hours a day all year long. Oh, okay. uh, usually it's okay. five days a week, but then during the busy uh-huh. season, we need to crank it up to usually seven days a week. Um, oh, wow. We produce pr- about one and a half million boxes of Jiffy Mix a day. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> so oh, we have uh, we're right in the middle of town. You know, it's a small town, but we are right smack dab next to the railroad tracks, right in the downtown. And so there are mm-hmm. trucks coming in, bringing cornmeal and wheat, and you know, other also trucks coming in to pick up the finished goods to take out. So all day long, you know, we have trucks circling the little town. So we make very interesting neighbors. Is the entire town employed at Jiffy? Um, not really. Um, we do bring a lot of um, people into the town because we offer tours through our building, which is one of the few companies that still do that. Um, and yeah, so that brings great. a lot of revenue to the to the town. Unfortunately, we're not doing tours right now, but hopefully we'll get that going again. Uh-huh. Uh, are you finding uh, any problems with production having to do with 
you know, you know what? I mean, has that affected you? With supply chain? Yeah, supply yeah. chain, yeah. labor, all that stuff. Have you been affected by that? Oh, for sure. Just like everybody. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. We have, you know, different things we need to work on every day, trying to keep our ingredients here and keep truck drivers mm-hmm. and keep people running the lines. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we've had the same struggles, but we are – you know, not missing any orders, and we take great pride in making sure that we, you know, keep this shelf stocked for our customers. Um, so well, we we uh, have have not shorted anybody that I know of. We we strive to have a hundred percent fill rate at all times, and we have done that through COVID. So we're very proud of that, and we have a very dedicated um, staff. We have most of our employees have, um, you know, been here for. We have several employees been here thirty, forty years. Um, so it's yeah. it's a very good place to work and uh, once you come here you, you stay are there any family members that are not part of the business what do you, other words, what do you mean well you know the the biggest problem with family businesses is getting the next generation excited to take over the family business so oh, I right. would imagine so we have during your fifth generation, that hasn't been a problem, but are there people in the family that are not in the Jiffy business? Um, well, you know, there are um, others, but they are most of them are on the board of directors or have some interest mm-hmm. in the company. So there is still a lot of support throughout the family. And um, Howdy is the fourth generation. He still is working here every day. He's the president and CEO, and his son Howard is the executive vice president and chief operating officer, and so he's working here every day also. So they they have a very strong commitment to making sure that it continues. That's wonderful because family businesses are great, and uh, especially when they they maintain, you know, the consistency that the the founder started. It's always good to know that. So if you are in charge of research and development, what are your re- what are you researching and developing these days? Any new products ahead? <laughs> well, we launched the honey corn muffin um, last year, and that's taking off tremendously for us, so that's kept us really busy as well. Um, so as you can imagine, it's um, you know it has real honey in it and it is a little bit sweeter. Um, it also is you know has that the savoriness of of honey in it as well. so, it adds a nice little twist to it, and it's become very popular to our customers. So you have to try that, too. It's really good um, mm-hmm. cooking it. In the, I like to do it in the skillet mm-hmm. and uh, do that in the oven in the skillet. Um, it also, you know, makes great uh, corn waffles, corn pancakes. Um, it's it's really a versatile versatile mix. Um, we um, <clears throat> We have a lot of product development that we do for our food service customers. So we have a whole other side of our business that we do in like 25 and 50 pound bags for um, Mm -hmm. larger customers. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, uh, we, you know, our, our main job is to make sure that, you know, that Jiffy corn muffin never changes so that it stays the same as it was 70 years ago as it is today. And um, so that's, that's what our main charge is. Broke. Not to don't change fix anything now. <laughs> right, it. It, and it definitely ain't broke. Uh, so, what are your top sellers besides the the, the corn uh, muffin mix? What are some of the other things that are very very popular? Well, so our um, 
our corn muffin that we sell in a 40-ounce um, box, we sell that to food service. So I, I've heard one of your custom, or one of your interviewers yesterday, she said that they use it in their restaurant business. So we sell that to a lot of restaurant businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. We also have, as I mentioned, the pancake mix. Um, mm-hmm. It, it um, is add water only. It has a maple flavor in it, so it, it makes a really delicious pancake when you cook that up in butter. Um, we have a blueberry-flavored uh, muffin that is very popular. And, um, you know, we've always been a value to the customer. That's kind of, you know, how the whole business was started is uh, recovering from the Great Depression is when, you know, the all-purpose baking mix was introduced. And at that time, the family decided that they wanted to be a value to, uh, you know, the America. Mm-hmm. And so we've always been on that premise of, uh, you know, v- being a value product. So it's um, always a, you know, a entry-level price and, you know, you get six muffins out of it and, you know, it helps round out your meal. So that's been our little niche. And I think, you know, what it has helped us is it's been a good popular. And I will tell you, I grew, up, I grew up in a family with seven kids and I just assumed that Jiffy was in the cabinet because it was a value. And it wasn't until much later after going through my cornbread sojourn that I realized that Jiffy isn't just a value, it's the best thing out there. So it's even more of a value if you can get the best at the best price. I mean, it's no wonder it's as popular as it is. Right. It's, it's a great product. So do you have any do you have you. any fun testimonials that you want to share of, of things? I'm sure you get a lot of customer feedback. Um, well, I would say, you know, we, we see people promoting us on social media all the time, and it, it's, um, you know, just really a pleasure to see that. And we're very honored that people feel so highly about our mix. Uh, we really feel like it's something very special, too. Um, but, you know, just to see all the different ways that people come up with using it is just, um, you know, really interesting to us. And, we, you know, there's no endless, there's endless ways of, of, you know, putting it together. We, we have a, a pastry chef that works on our staff, and she made up a peanut butter and jelly cornbread the other day for us. And we were all like, really, what? And, oh, my gosh, it was the most delicious thing because you had the really? savory really? peanuts and you had the, you know, the jelly in it, and it, it was just really phenomenal. She's also made us some things like uh, lime cilantro uh, cornbread, uh, which, you know, you think, well, I don't know. But then after we start eating it, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> so it it's really versatile that you can put so many different things in. It is. It is. Uh, who is the oldest Holmes? That's the family name, right? Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who is the oldest Holmes still working in the business? And how old are they? Um, that would be Howdy, um, and he's the president and CEO. And I don't know if you want me to say his age. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask, I have a specific reason for asking, because a business that's as old as yours, in the world of social media, it must be just a real head trip for people who have been in a family business as consistent and as old as yours to negotiate the world of social media? 
Yes, it is. And and we are still, you know, learning and getting accustomed to it. And, um, you know, I'll share this. So Howdy doesn't use, like, you know, Outlook to the calendar. He has a little book that he keeps all of Uh his calendar in, you know, and it's the sweetest thing. But, um, you know, so we have that. And then we have his son that is, you know, on the side of technology um, full Uh force, you know, but Howdy supports it too, but you know it's just hard to change. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a whole new world, you know, and it's just if you've been in the business for twenty years, that's one thing. But a hundred and twenty years, or a hundred and what forty years, it's right. you know it's it's something to see that you can get immediate customer feedback online. And I just I just had an image of I don't know how old anyone is if they're you know, I'm, I figure there were some definitely older people that are still in the family and the family right. business still working just to see this new world of technology and how quickly, you know, you can get feedback on whatever you're doing, you know. Yes, anyway. good and bad, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine you get that. I mean, it's about what, you know, the official definition of spoon bread is, but <laughs> we uh, okay. try to well, that's, stay that's out of pretty it. mild. You're doing, yes. you're doing good. That's all I can say. Thank you, Janet. <laughs> I appreciate you being on with us. It's a beloved company, and I can say really unequivocally that I have done a lot of cornbread research. It's still the very best out there, and that's, that's saying something in a world where there are lots and lots of choices. So, Well, thank you. We're honored to be part of everybody's uh, holiday traditions as well. Well, thank have you for a having me on holiday the season. Hope you can keep up with the demand. Have oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> Take care. Thank bye you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. That's Janet Sprouse from Jiffy Mix, not Jiffy Cornbread, which is what I've always called it. And uh, I had, Patty, did you know they had that many products? No, I didn't. And, you know, I, when I heard her say cornbread waffles, just this past week, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling her, that we were going to have Jiffy on this Friday. She makes cornbread in her waffle iron, she said, uh, at mm. least once a week. And I never mm. thought of that. And she said it's delicious. Yeah, I'm going to try. I want to try the pizza dough. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to go in search of these products because I've only known the cornbread. And I had no idea the line was so large. And I, I see why, because it's in different sections of the supermarket, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's definitely worth an investigation. Anyway. It is. All right. It is time now for the news from the Louisiana Radio Network. We do not have any other guests, so it'll just be us. And um, since I was gone for a week, I have lots of almanac tidbits to share. It's 3.30, time for Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back after that. Louisiana Radio Network News. I'm Kevin Gallagher. President Biden's Build Back Better plan passed in the U.S. House today. Brooke Thorington has more on the $1.75 trillion bill. Opponents of the bill, like president of business group lobby Stephen Waggispack, says Congress gave out too much money during the pandemic. We're now back open and ready for business. It's time to stop the spending spree up in D.C. That is not what our economy needs. That's why inflation is going up. Congressman Troy Carter says the bill is a win-win and will help working families with child care, provide universal preschool, and only help the economy. These are measures that are paid for by going after those loopholes that allow corporations to not pay their fair share. The bill now heads to the Senate. I'm Brooke Thorington. A traffic stop on US 190 in West Baton Rouge Parish turned into a big drug bust as deputies found four kilos of heroin stashed in a car. That's about 40,000 doses. 
The driver, Felipe Fuentes of New Mexico, booked with improper lane usage, illegal window tint, and possession of Schedule I narcotics. This is news on LRN. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Tom. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is an Let's go to Jimmy. Hi. Hello. I have a question about uh, making meringue that doesn't shrink when you put it after you, the next day when you put it in the refrigerator. Hmm. It shrinks when you put it in the refrigerator? Hello? Yes, I said it, it shrinks when you put it in the refrigerator. Yeah, uh, I, I use four egg whites, uh, four spoons of blender, a little bit of uh, that other powder that you put in it. Most people Cream use tartar. Yeah, and then uh-huh. uh, yeah, I put it in a, a full size uh, KitchenAid mixer, put it on top of the uh, the pie, and, and uh, so it, you know, so it has peaks. And I put it in mm-hmm. the oven until, until it gets brown. Mm-hmm. And then it, uh, it looks perfect, and the next day it all shrinks up. <laughs> I wonder if it's the Splenda, because I've not seen any recipes for Splenda. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if using, I call it fake sugar, you know, all that stuff has a chemical, and by chemical I don't mean... I mean, chemical in that sense, but chemical as yeah. in the way things react to each other. Um, yeah, I know, I know it's created in a laboratory. It's not, it's not a natural product. 
Yeah. So I wonder if maybe that's the difference. I don't eat meringue or make meringue, and I didn't okay. notice that any meringue shrinks. Maybe somebody in the audience will notice that. But my first guess would be, since all recipes call for white sugar, that maybe there is a chemical difference, uh, and I mean that reactive rather than the actual chemical, um, yeah. to you know to the Splenda versus white sugar. I would try it using the regular white yeah, sugar and uh, see if that makes a difference. Hmm? The other the other suggestion I have is from my sister. She thinks maybe the uh you know, for four egg whites the, the KitchenAid bowl is too big and that uh, I'm not getting enough air on the product. Hmm. Well that's another chemical thing. I don't know. Um now, I might I could maybe use a hand mixer with a smaller bowl to you know to where the more of it is getting uh, beat up at the, at the same time. Well, I have a, a, a suggestion. You know, when all else fails, you go to Google. And while <laughs> y'all were talking, I looked up Google. How do you make a meringue not shrink? And it says to add a small amount of cornstarch, about half a ah. teaspoonful, to the beaten egg whites. Okay. And uh, to dissolve the cornstarch first in warm water... And this helps to thicken and stabilize the meringue so that it seals, and it should help keep it firm and make it not shrink. Okay, hmm. great. It's a half a teaspoon? It's a half a teaspoon to, uh, to two beaten egg whites, so depending on how many egg whites you're using. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Two egg whites. Okay. All right. Well, let us know, Jimmy, if that works. Yeah, let All us right, know. Okay. I will. Yeah. I will. Thank you. experiments. Okay. <laughs> I just got a text that was uh, amusing, but not repeatable on the air. Uh, all right. That is that is what it said. I just wanted to check and make sure it said what I thought it said. All right. Speaking, if you have some suggestions other than that one, that sounds like a good one. So what's so what is cornstarch? Cornstarch is the starch. Yeah. I don't know. Starch is firm, so that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Did you know that cream of tartar was a byproduct of making wine? No, I did not. Yeah, Tom told me that. I have absolutely, I, I'm always mystified about what cream of tartar is for, but obviously it's important because you use it in recipes like this, but I wonder if you would sub out the cornstarch, which is a stabilizer, for the cream of tartar, which is a stabilizer, if that would make a difference. People who like to experiment, experiment and call us. Yes, please. <laughs> the Edible Dictionary, speaking of pies and things on pies, the Edible Dictionary word today is brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. It is chess pie today in the Edible Dictionary. It's a staple dessert of the American South. Chess pie is most succinctly described as a pecan pie without the pecans. Why would you do that? Oh, no. The concert. <laughs> well, Patty, you like sweet things. You could like that. It's just the sweet stuff without mm. the pecans. But, I mean, why Why do that? The pecans give you something to yeah. 
there's a texture issue to just the innards of a pecan pie. You need the pecans for crunch. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it also resembles a custard pie, except that it's made without milk and usually sweetened with corn syrup. There's corn, well, corn again. It's also common for the crust to be made with cornmeal or corn flour instead of wheat flour. It has no top crust. Chess pie is usually very sweet. I think that sounds untrue. Some bakers <laughs> add a little vinegar to the custard to offset this. The origin of the name is something of a mystery. The story that rings most true, or it could be that it's just the most entertaining one, is that it's the expression just pie as in plain old pie with a southern accent. Hmm. It does not seem to have anything to do with the game of chess. Hmm. That sounds to me like fly pie. Yeah, it does. Yeah, a Mm -hmm. pie that is an Amish thing, and it's made with molasses, and it sounds just like that, which actually does not sound very good to me. I mean, I'm not really all that into sweet stuff, but um, but it sounds, you know, good for people who really dig sweet stuff. (laughs) It sounds like it's just you might as well just fill a pie shell with sugar. Sugar, that's what I was thinking. That's what it sounds like to me. And, you know, I think there's definitely a market for that. That's for sure. All right. So let's see. I'm going to go. There's another edible dictionary word. Oh, this is interesting. It's. Oh, 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 I didn't really. I didn't realize that was spelled that way. Interesting. This is a Croatian word, and we've had, we have a very dear Croatian friend, and um, they make this little fried dough strip, and it's called crustele. Have you ever seen or eaten that or heard of it, Patty? No, I haven't. Okay, well, here's how it's spelled, H-R-S-T-U-L-E. Some of those languages like Hungarian and Croatia is right next door. Um, they don't, they miss, a, they miss vowels a lot. Anyway, H-R-S-T-U-L-E. Hmm. It is a, it, it's pasta sheets. Now I, now, I didn't think it was pasta. Cut into ribbons about an inch wide. Well, I guess dough, you know, just dough is kind of all the same thing cut into ribbons about an inch wide and three or four inches long, folded over to look like a bow tie. Bow ties is how the name of the dish is usually translated into English. The pasta dough is sometimes flavored with vanilla, anise liqueur, or citrus juice. The bow ties are fried until crispy and served dusted with powdered sugar. These are exceedingly popular at Croatian family gatherings around New Orleans and other places with a Croatian heritage. They're good from the beginning to the end of a meal. Now, the friend that we have who does crostale uh, never ties them in a bow. They were always like straight strings, and they curl on the edges, and then they're dusted in powdered sugar. And again, if you just like eating sugar, these are good. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're good the first, 
you know, a couple of bites for me. I'm not a sugar person, but anyway, I've never seen it. But it is interesting. I did not know that it was spelled the way it is obviously spelled. Very interesting. Five five six nine six nine six. Do we have anybody holding, Patty? We do. We have Michael seventy five. Okay, I get I get these texts, but I can't seem to get to the text. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's go to Michael. Hey, Hello? welcome back. Are you back? Thank you. Yeah, I am back. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Great. Uh, Thank you. All I have to say is, how are you going to keep them down on the phone after you've seen Paris? <laughs> how long are you going to be here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> She does well, love you know, L.A., Michael. I have to say, I am really kind of falling out of love with L.A. I am. I'm falling out of love with L.A. It's changed so very much. I mean, just to give you an idea of what it's like, my son just sold a house for $1.8 million, and three wow. doors down at the bottom of the hill, there are people living in their cars. So yeah. right, well, I, I I completely agree agree with that uh, wealth gap. So anyway, yeah. uh, you need to go to the place where I left my heart. It's called San Francisco. No, that's even worse. I hear. Oh yeah, I, right. I don't go to San Francisco very much, but I, I hear that's even worse. So yeah. essentially, I I stay in Pasadena, and I you know I go back to the hotel and sort of just be in my little cocoon. But you know how I am, Michael. So go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I know. Anyway. Uh, Patty was fabulous as a hostess in your stead. Wonderful. I knew and that I could leave it in good hands. Scott, well, well I, I, I fear for you because I think your name in the future will be Mrs. Wally Pip. If anybody, if, if anybody could get that reference out there, you got a smarter than a, a, a radio audience than I thought. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I bought a 15-pound turkey, honeysuckle white, at Walmart. I hate to do this because no good deed goes unpunished. Uh, as soon as I talked about the Akira restaurant uh, for that price, they went up the next day. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why no good deed goes unpunished. Anyway, 15-pound turkey for $5.85. What? That's right. Look it up. Walmart in Kenna. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't okay. know what to say. <laughs> you're, you're flabbergasted. Anyway, um, I'm I'm going to Stein's tomorrow because he's got the best tomatoes in town, and I'm going to find out where he gets them. <laughs> no, please do. Please do. I'd be interested in hearing that. Yes. Yeah, but he might not want to well, give them to you. He gets them, I'm sure, from a, a distributor, um, a wholesale uh, produce person, but... And, you know, it's like anything else. You buy, you pay for what you want. So there right. are, what, you know, umpteen kinds of frozen french fries, and the higher up the food chain you go, you know, whatever you're willing to invest in it. So I'm sure he pays a premium dollar for his tomatoes. But I am curious to see who's providing them. Right. Well, I'm going to um, – I bought some buffalo mozzarella at Whole Food, and uh, I'm making some uh, – my own caprese. Uh, he makes a great one over there, but I don't, he doesn't use buffalo. He uses American uh, cheese. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, you're talking about chicken. The best chicken in town I had for lunch. It's General So's chicken at the Red Apple in Kenner. I know you love that place. 
I know, but I never talked about the chicken because you were talking how much you like chicken. A new place uh, to go to right near Akira in Fat City. It's called Yu Yin, Y-U-Y-I-N. Very authentic Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and uh, I- I'm shocked that you didn't ask the lady from Jiffy uh, Corn uh, uh, that, uh, by the way, I love that too, so we finally agree on something, but uh, yeah. how how she makes couscous. Wait, what about couscous? How she makes it that's made out of Jiffy. But she, never, she didn't really? even know the recipe. Wait a minute. I'm ma- what, what couscous is made out of Jiffy? Couscous. You know what cou- the Cajun couscous is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's oh, nothing but it's cornmeal. So you mean couscous. Okay, because there's couscous and Not then couscous. Couscous with an H. Okay, all right. Hi, Dan. Cold couscous. Okay, yeah. I didn't ask about couscous because, you know what, okay. I've never had it. I'm yeah, not likely right. to eat it either. Not, not likely, but it's a famous Cajun dish. I'm having that for right. my uh, dessert with, with uh, steamed um, cane syrup. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sweet and mushy, so these are things that I'm not really liking. So, <laughs> yes. The, uh, by the way, speaking of desserts, my son knows the person where we had the best dessert, well, not, maybe not the best, but right in the top three of all time at the St. James Cheese Company. You remember I told you about that? It was the chocolate ice cream infused with pig's blood. <laughs> it was so good. Don't laugh until you try it. Yeah. I'm not okay, going to try well, I think and I'm not going to There are a lot of sissies out there that are scared to try it. But anyway, uh, did uh, you know that the Jiffy is made with lard? That's one of the principal ingredients. Well, that makes sense because it's really good, and I don't know why we ever moved away from lard. Um, I love, and I'm glad I love that people lard. are going back to lard. What? I love the lard, and I love lard. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And on that note, we're <laughs> saying goodbye, Michael, because I am going to start getting yelled at from... Uh, oh, from okay, uh, have a good weekend. Yeah. Go ahead, Welcome Les. back. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be back after these messages. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, indeed. 556-9696. Let's go to Steve. That man's crazy. 
Steve. Yes. Regardless, regardless, I am, and I did. I left before I could institute this policy. If anyone refers to another caller on the show, we will immediately say Wait, goodbye. Even if it's good? Uh, yes. Yes. We can't even talk about anybody else that's on the show? Yes. Correct. Wow. We go okay. from good to bad very quickly. We talk about food on the show. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. Well, I thought that was funny. Uh, Patty's only problem this week was she couldn't get her guests to talk. They were all like, uh, <laughs> what? what's his I face? Jay Vice. Bob Del Giorno is a, prof- a broadcast professor. I know, but he, but he was like, he was like Mike Fright or something. Jay Vice. Really? Is that Jay Vice hardly spoke at all. I mean, no, no, wow. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> her guests okay. were spectacular. It was almost like, uh, Worthless for us to call in uh-huh. because these guys were just so interesting and uh, it was it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Okay, gosh, I'm feeling I'm feeling low self esteem, Patty. Go ahead. Well, you got you got good backup there. It took so, me no, it, no 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 no, and it took me to have guests for two whole hours just to. Uh, to <laughs> fill in for you, so no, don't. <laughs> All right, so um, so you liked everyone. I'm so, listen. I was so happy to be gone. And oh, I'm sure, absolutely. Away without a thought about Tom or yeah. the show. Yeah, there were no worries hanging over my head. I could simply enjoy the week, and I absolutely yep. did. And it makes it so much nicer for you to be able to do the show if you can do that every once in a while. Yeah, and not, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yes, I got a couple quick got a, got a couple quick reviews of restaurants. Okay, my wife and I went to Southside and got their gumbo. Took it home. It was good. Uh, their potato salad was. I really liked the texture but i didn't think it was seasoned enough and then we went to we got the chicken undoing gumbo and it was good uh then we went to mittendorf's and i had probably the worst stuffed crab i've ever had in my life that's pretty bad (laughs) it's pretty bad (laughs) uh i got the thin cut we got a seafood platter and split it the Mm -hmm. thin cut catfish worked it was okay the next time i will definitely get the thick uh, you get the thick, you said? You get the thick? Yeah. No, I got the you know, thin for cut. Every, for every thin, wait, for every thick cut, I asked him once, for every thick cut uh, that they sell, I think they sell maybe four times as many. Yeah, I believe cut. that. And that's what I'm saying. It was okay. I just like the thick oh. cut better. Yeah. Uh, oh. Their their French fries were as bad as Wendy's uh, or Burger King or McDonald's. They no. they, they would I do know. themselves a favor and just take them off the plate. You know, but you have to say to yourself, and I realize they deal in incredible volume. I mean, unbelievable volume. Okay, but still, just from a just from a dignity standpoint, invest a little yeah. bit more in the fries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. 
Yeah, I'll pay an extra 50 cents for the... Yeah. Or a dollar for the seafood platter to have decent French fries. You shouldn't shouldn't have to. They shouldn't... Well, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And we got got Uh, the Italian oysters, and they were good. Uh, But my my wife ate the shrimp and the oysters, and they were good. They weren't killer, you know. But that is the worst stuffed crab I have ever had in my life. Well, well, actually, I wouldn't say it's the worst. I wouldn't wouldn't say it's the worst. I can't think of worse, but Mandeville Seafood, I like. I like their stuffed crab. Now, I like the stuffed crab that just sort of lays flat. If you've got like this big bound of stuff, I'm automatically suspicious. And I don't recall that it's awful, like the fries are awful, but I don't think it's very good. Well, we ate probably six fries total, you know, out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you got to be kidding me. So, yeah, it was. But anyway, but but I forgot you're on Slido resident now. So is that it? What else? Did, where else did you go? Uh, that's all we've done in the past week. Okay, all right. Well, keep uh, us, keep us posted on your explorations of Slidell dining. What's that? I said keep us posted on your explorations of Slidell dining. Yeah, Susan, Susan just said she didn't think the oysters were very good. So I don't think so either. Edmund, at Mindorf? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think if you go to Mindorf, I think you should stick with the thin fried catfish and their fried shrimp are good. I think their coleslaw is also kind of ordinary. It reminds me of grade school. But overall, I mean, you know, you go to Middendorf for the Middendorf experience. But the fries really do need replacement. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Okay. All right. Take care. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Let's run to Darren real quick. Darren, well, I got about no, Darren. Darren left. Oh, he hung up. Okay. He hung up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably just as well because we don't have. Darren likes to talk, <clears throat> and we don't. We only have two minutes left, so um, we'll just have to say next time to Darren. Although it would be handy because now I'm choking. <laughs> um, I would say five five six, but I need to. I do want. I do want to say that. This is the 75th anniversary of WGSO, and we would love for you to celebrate with us by going to the website, WGSO.com, clicking the yellow button that says Donate, in addition to WGSO being the only locally owned news talk station in the city all those years, and the community voice of the Crescent City. They are now a 501c3 nonprofit, so your donation is tax deductible. Please visit the website. And make a donation, and happy anniversary to WGSO. We also have our own platforms here, although I have been a little reluctant to uh, promote them because they are in transition. And, um, And I promise, though, if you are listening and are wondering what happened to everything printed, it is coming back. Um... Once we, it's kind of like the COVID thing, you know, Um, people who didn't want to do something took COVID as a chance to stop doing it. That was true for Mary Lee with Tom's hospitalization and Hurricane Ida. So we are currently negotiating how we're going to go forward with the website and the newsletter 
and the newsletter will return. It will be in a different, it will definitely not be a two times a week thing, but it will be a bigger newsletter because it'll be probably a monthly. And that's going to start in December. So that is coming up. We're going to start promoting that again. Uh, we still have our Instagram page. I don't know if she's ever doing anything. I sent her a bunch of pictures. Pat, I have to send you that picture from, um, from was it Mr. Chow? Mr. Chow, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'll put it up on the website. Yeah. yeah. I also forgot uh, a place that we went in Los Angeles, which I'll talk more about tomorrow. It was a fish and chips place. A little tiny fish and chips place in Toluca Lake that had killer food. I was shocked by it. And it's it's Irish, not British. So I, I will explain the distinction, but we've got a whole bunch of stuff, and I, I totally forgot to mention it. Anyway, we do have an Instagram page at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us there. Uh, if you go to the website, there are still lots of things like the Almanac and the podcast is also in transition. There are a lot of things in transition, but that is where Tom's 50-year body of work that is not in transition uh, is housed. And if you are looking up a restaurant, a list of open restaurants, um, extinct restaurants, all of those things are there. And pretty much anything you want to know about food, especially New Orleans food, right there at nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Tim McNally up next, WGSO New Orleans, 4 o'clock. Good night. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden is releasing a statement after the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. The president saying, while the verdict in Kenosha may leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. Biden